Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Hi everyone, it's Cam from the Boney Podcast. Uh, we have another really special guest who just kicked my ass in the gym, Navid. Uh, he's a uh, personal trainer and life coach. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, so Navid uh, just uh, kicked my ass in the gym, showed me a lot of uh, cool exercises that I needed to do to uh, repair a, a, an injury I recently had, but uh, really knowledgeable. How did you get into physical fitness? So, initially... I got into training when I was young. So when I was young, a lot of my friends were in shape, playing sports, and I was just playing basketball and doing a little bit of boxing. And then my dad said, hey, you should join the gym. Then I joined the gym, I went to Planet Fitness. Me and him used to go time to time and then ended up becoming like an addiction. So I started working out all the time, even to the point without him. And that's pretty much how training got introduced into my life because I knew my dad was a big uh, health freak. Like he used to take care of himself all the time. He was real active. Till this day, he's active. So it's only natural that I look at it as a positive thing because I see how my dad moves compared to all the other guys around him. So it's just real motivating. I'm like, all right, I want to be like my dad. That's interesting because most of our parents are not like that. My, def- my dad is definitely like that. Yeah, my dad is the exact opposite. My dad is all about, my dad still goes to the gym. Wow. My dad goes to the gym three to four, three times a week um, near his job or the one near our house. Wow. Yeah, my dad's cool. If you ever meet him, he's like, he, he has a totally different build than most days. He doesn't have the Bengali uh, no, vodka? No, he has a little bit, but he's like six foot, broad shoulders. A lot of my friends see him, they're like, yo, your dad looks like a strong man. Wow. Yeah. What my, is it What is it about that? And I, I was joking about the hot gut. But why do we have that? Why do Bengali people, I feel like, even the ones that are in shape... They have that little bit of a gut, and I, I, I do too. Why, why is that? Honestly, I personally think it's a genetic thing, right? You have to understand this. Uh, genetics are everything regarding the gym, how your body's structured. Everything is genetics, right? And something I realized is fat, like where your fat cells store in your body. And I realized with most Daisy people, it stores usually within the stomach love handle area. And that's just kind of our struggle, honestly. Um, I'll give you a good example. When you see um, an African-American person, right? When they try to bulk up, right? They eat whatever they want, and you'll kind of see the weight get distributed everywhere. Their arms get bigger, the legs get bigger. You know what I mean? But for us, if we do that, we get bigger in the stomach. There's a famous, uh, there's a famous uh, bodybuilder. I'm pretty sure you've heard him, C.T. Fletcher. I've heard of him, yeah. He used to eat McDonald's breakfast, lunch, dinner, it didn't matter. And this guy would put on so much muscle and strength. Mind you, if you look at his body, you're like, damn, this guy looks crazy. But later on, even though he had this great body, he had a heart attack later on from all the food that he ate. Oh, wow. But if we ate like that, the results wouldn't be the same. You wow. know what I mean? So I feel like genetics play a big role on the pot gut. But can we do, what can we do to not have that? What, what are some of the things we could do? One of the things that I, I've noticed with people that are in shape that is, and I've read a lot about intermittent fasting and things like that, where they talk about that it's not what you eat, it's when you eat. And that's like a big thing now. Yeah. It's a, um, 
just like the medical field training and fitness, the studies change all the time. There's new information being put out there all the time, right? Uh, in regards to when you eat, there's a time and place for it. Avoiding the pot gut, right? You gotta also consider what you're eating and the generations prior, previously of what's eating, of like what they've been eating. So we gotta make sure that if we're eating that type of stuff, we're eating at the right time. We can, our body can tolerate it. Like, like you have to think of it as like a luxury, like eating stuff like that, that heavy and that concentrated with that much oil and all that. It's so good, bro. But it's so, it's so good. good, but it's so bad at the same time. Huh. You know what I mean? So you gotta really ask yourself, am I allowed to eat these things? Even though it's been passed down for generations. So a big way to avoid it is avoid the stuff that's causing it. It's as simple as that. But it's so good. Come on, you can't go to a dawat without some of that oily mangsho with bolao. <laughs> you can't. I'm and getting if, hungry talking about if it. You, if you do, you're going to be the oddball. It's like, why, why aren't you eating? You don't like my food? Yeah. It's, it's so cultural. Food is so cultural. Absolutely. Right? And dawat, you know, and I'm a jamai, right? So I go to my in-laws or my wife's family. They want to feed me. It's a part of, like, it's tradition, feeding Absolutely. the jamai. And it's a big compliment to the person that cooked it. Exactly. If you're like devouring their food exactly so you don't want to seem disrespectful yeah but that's just the culture that we're brought up yeah in. one thing i'm not in great shape but one thing i do try to do is like last earlier this week i ordered a ton of indian food i had a ton of indian food i ordered so i had that for dinner and then i forgot i had i had a lunch meeting and it was at an indian restaurant the next day so i had indian food the next day too so it was dinner and lunch the next day indian food so then I told myself, just to balance it out, I had literally almost nothing for dinner. I think I had just like, I forgot, maybe like a salad, just something really small for dinner. So I'm just cognizant of what I'm eating, and then if I'm eating something really, really bad for two straight meals, then the next two meals, I try to just really like eat something extremely light, just so like it kind of balances out. So I don't try not to deprive myself. So I go to a dawat, like I'm just going to pig out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I try to... In the next few meals not not go crazy. Mm -hmm. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? It's it's a good idea of telling yourself, okay, I have to kind of be disciplined in its own way, right? As opposed to just letting yourself eat whatever you want. Oh, I'm eating now more than I normally would. But who cares? It's this event. I like that you're putting a little bit of a, I guess, like a little restriction on it. Um, I like that, but you also have to understand that that food is still sitting in your system. Regardless, I think the best way for you to go about it is work it off. Mm. You know what I mean? Either way, if you eat a light salad, that food is still in your system regardless, mm. right? You still got to work it off. Me personally, I think a better way of looking at it is because you're a guy, you're in good shape. You look good, right? You know how to work out. I think better for you, a better idea would be for you is um, stick to that whole eating idea of just kind of being a little lighter because you don't want to let that keep on carrying over day after day, right? But... Try to make it up through some type of physical activity, go on a bike ride, work out a little bit longer, just as a way of counteracting all that extra stuff that you just had. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, being active is it's so, it's such a struggle for a lot of us, right? People mm -hmm. have work and school and we make excuses for not doing it. What, do you, what are your thoughts on, some people just don't like going to the gym. And what do you think about sports, right? Like some people just, you know, find a, finding a sport to play, like I feel like is, or just walking, like we live in New York, just like walking around and 
you know, seeing New York, like that in itself is like a good exercise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything that gets you out of bed or the couch, yeah. that's, that's exercise, right? And a lot of people, I agree, don't like the gym, don't like the idea of going to a gym. And sports are, in reality, let's be real, the most healthiest people in the world are athletes. They're mobile, they're flexible, they're strong, they know how to use their body to the best of its ability, right? So sports are a good way of being active, but having fun at the same time, right? And the people that don't like being sports, anything is better than being a couch potato. I'm being real with you. There's been studies shown that even if, like you'll see, I don't know why people make fun of them, but you'll see elderly daisy people walking around as their exercise, right? And people are saying, oh, that's not big. That's not really a lot. That's a lot. In the long run, think about that exercise, like that simple routine throughout the years. That's a night and day difference. You know what I mean? So being active in general is just better. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're going to a gym, doesn't matter if you're just walking, just be active. Yeah. Move. That's the real goal. How much you can do of it is all depending on the person, but find something that'll make you happy while you're moving. Then it won't feel like it's a chore. Yeah. What what are some of the things that drives you crazy crazy seeing people doing at the gym like like they're doing something wrong and you just want to hit them? In terms of the gym in general or just the people that are working out? People that are working out. I think uh, form isn't stressed enough, especially on the younger guys. Um, I think it's the mindset also. Um, so big thing I've noticed is younger guys, they go to the gym, they just work out to look good. The IG pics, you gotta have IG, IG pics, right? Oh, most amount of followers. Well, you don't need to put a post on IG to get big? Nah, I thought man. you needed to. No one needs to see every time you're at the gym. Oh, I thought you needed to. No, no, no. There's no rule on okay. that. Okay. So, I feel like everybody's just so focused on um, working out and just looking good. And another problem is that a lot of people are so worried about what the next person's doing. You know what I mean? It kills me when I hear somebody say, oh, my friend does this workout, but I can't do it. I don't feel right. We're all built differently. You know what I mean? Like, for you, for example, you have that labrum problem, right? Somebody could have an arm problem. You think that if we copy each other's routines confidently, it's going to work out better for us in the long run? Absolutely not. Every individual is different. You need to take the time to really find out more about yourself and your body and how you function. But a lot of people are so caught up on being the best, not taking their time to learn. I think it's kind of, I think it's a bad habit. Yeah. Like if you see good examples, like I, every client I train, I take at least a month to just assess their movements. Yeah. No one moves perfectly. I can tell you all the flaws of myself, but I've taken the time to look at myself and see where I'm screwing up. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, taking the time, it's really good. And I, as you know, I did not take the time. And what Nabid was talking about, I have this torn labrum, which I didn't know what a labrum was before I tore it. Uh, and I didn't take the time. I, I thought I was Superman, and I did three five Ks in a matter of a month, and I tore my labrum. So yeah, definitely didn't take the time and prep enough, and that's what happens uh, when you don't do that. Um, talk about uh, you know you also you talk a lot about mental uh, health as, as uh, along with physical health. Like, how do you think? Like what are your what are your thoughts on mental health and how it's like connected to physical health? Well, to be honest with you, I think your mental health is more important than your physical health, right? You could be doing everything right in terms of what the books are telling you, but if you're mentally not there, nothing's going to change. That's like working out under a lot of stress and you're just kind of forcing yourself to go to the gym. You're not really going to make much progress. 
So mental health and physical health kind of help balance each other out to a certain extent because if you're able to use the gym as a form of meditation, stress relief, it'll help you out with everything you're doing, like, you know, your mental health. I don't know. It's really kind of like weird for me to explain yeah. how they correlate, but you'll notice when you're getting into a routine of exercise and then you stop for a little while, you'll notice that you're a little bit more nervous, you're you're more anxious. Yeah. You're not feeling the same. And then the first day you start training again, you feel better. You feel like everything's aligned properly. Yeah. Um, so I feel like mental health Kind of tough. Yeah, kind of I think tough. also like you know, there's never been in a workout uh, that I felt I regretted it, right? Mm-hmm. I've never regretted it, uh, regretted a workout. Like I've always felt good after a workout, and then there's like all these you know chemical uh, yeah. endorphins that you know after you, that get released if you work out and things like that, right? Absolutely. So that actually helps uh, with that too, and also just generally, you, I mean, you look better, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. actually what I wanted to, uh, what you were bringing up was. Think about yourself, right? You're in your body 24-7, every day, all day, every day, right? If you can improve that, be pain-free, look better, move better, right? Be confident. Don't you think it'll be a shift in the mind where you feel more confident on what you're going to do? Like, I'll be honest with you, I might not be the smart academically, right? Even though I graduated and I have a good GPA and everything, right? But I'll tell you right now, I will crush every single interview I have in front of me. I've never failed an interview. Cause I'm just that confident with myself. Yeah. But when I was younger, I was the least confident dude in the planet. When did you start to really get in good shape? Like what age? Um, I want to say maybe 19. Really? 19, 20. Okay. Yeah. So I started working out when like boxing at 15, but I started working out when I was like 16 and I didn't notice any significant change till I hit 19, 20. Very small changes, but then the big changes start happening later on. And I feel like that's the problem. Everybody wants instant gratification. But that's not how the game works, especially with our genetic makeup. Some people are better gen- have better genetic than others, but you have to understand it's a, it's a it's time game. Just be patient, and eventually things will catch up and be better. Yeah, is it wise to start working out at sixteen? Because I've heard that, and this is tell me if this is true. I've heard you know my nephew, he's like he's like fourteen, fifteen, and then you know I tell him not to work out, start like lifting early, because and. People always say, oh, if you start work, uh, lifting early, like it stunts your growth. Is that's that not like, true. That's false. That's false, yeah. Okay. That's false, um, but then there's also ways of your environment kind of shapes how you're going to be. So if you're like, you play basketball, there's like some studies that show that you'll be taller if you play basketball throughout your whole childhood. So that is true. There, To a certain extent, but when you're doing training with weights, I don't think it'll stunt your growth. Okay. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay. Basketball is your environment. You're moving, basket, like, you know, you have to be tall to play basketball, yeah. whatever it may be. But lifting weights, how does that stunt growth? Just because there's weight on you? That's yeah. not how it really makes sense. Interesting. Because your gym isn't your environment. Your gym is just something you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. You know, one other thing that you were talking about when we were working out is, it, and you just mentioned, it takes a long time to, to see real results. But one thing that you mentioned that's interesting is that once you get results and, you, you, you know, you look good and you feel good and you're in good shape, it takes a while for you to lose it, too. Yeah. Right. So you don't like. So if you if you're if you've been working for three or four years, and then like you take a month off, like right now you have an injury. Yeah. And you told me you haven't worked out for a few months, but you still look you still look like you're in incredible shape. So you don't lose it immediately because you put in all this work. You gotta also understand that your body composition changes, right? So 
given that I've been working out, this actually goes for anybody, you work out for enough time, your body puts on enough muscle, it's gonna be harder for you to get out of shape as opposed to you just never working out. You know what I mean? So you're not, your body has more of a stronger ability to be in shape even though you're taking some time off because the more fat you have on your body, the worse it is, the more muscle you have, the better it is. You work out for a certain amount of time, you're gonna have a lot more muscle than fat if you're doing everything right. So that muscle, some good quality muscle, it's not like instant, so it's gonna stay with you for a longer duration. Yeah. And you're gonna have, you're gonna burn more calories than normal because you have more muscle to feed. It's more of a richer thing to have in your body. Mm. So that's kind of like the beauty, beauty of training. So I've trained people for, I wanna say, I'll give you an example. I trained this one girl for seven months. She was a quick, she learned everything quickly. Everybody takes, everybody's learning curve is a little different, but she picked everything up quick and she, we were going pretty crazy for about three months. She stopped training for two months because her um, aunt got married and all this crazy, you know, cultural stuff. And she came back, she's like, I didn't even gain that much weight and I've been eating everything. Mm. But I'm telling her, I'm like, yo, like, think about it, all these years prior, you weren't really exercising. Now that you are, your body can take that type of eating and not suffer as much. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, what do your uh, What do your parents think about your line of work? Because, like you said, you uh, you have a business degree from City College. Shout out to City College, uh, but you're not using it in the traditional sense. I'm sure you know you're using mm -hmm. your business, you know, business, you know, whatever you learned in business a little bit, right? Because you have your own business. But what do your parents think about what you're doing? Initially, they were turned off by it immensely because, you know, in terms of like the idea of, oh, my son is a doctor, my son is an accountant, my son does X, Y, and Z, and you say, oh, my son is a trainer. But they don't understand at first what, I, what my envisionment of what a trainer was, right? So my parents, at first, they didn't like the idea of it. It's not really spoken of. You know, follow your dreams, and I've wanted to be a trainer for a while now. Um, but with due time, and they see my passion and my successes, and the amount of lives I've changed throughout the years, and I mean, realistically, like we'll go to Dawats, even though we don't go to Dawats much, and we'll hear about so many kids like talking to me. They're like they've seen me on social media. My mom is seeing this, so after a while, they just said, you know what? He likes it, he's mm -hmm. doing good at it. There's a calling for him, let him do it. Yeah. And my parents, right now I'm in a good position. My parents just believe in me 100% and they have no objections. Shout out to your parents. Oh, but yeah, your dad sense. must have been supportive, right? Because he's always been in good shape. Absolutely. Um, my dad's been a big guy of working out, but turning it into a career, Okay. you know what I mean? It's not really practical in our culture. Yeah. And I can understand like, why? Because I'll be honest with you, if I was just your typical trainer that worked at a commercial gym, yeah, it wouldn't be practical. There's no fulfilling feeling to it. But I've tailored training and lifestyle coaching into my own way where it pretty much will help anybody out. You know what I mean? There's a difference between a commercial trainer and like a private practice that really knows their stuff. And that's more fulfilling. Because my dad has an injury too. He didn't... I told him exactly what his problem was. I told him how to fix it. He didn't believe me because, you know, I'm his son. That's how it is. He went to physical therapy. They said the same exact thing. What do you know? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a pretty, uh, like, that's kind of like those moments where you're like, oh, my son definitely knows what he's talking about because yeah. he's, 
he's talking to a dude that has his master's in physical therapy. Yeah. That's kind of like the proving points. Yes. So, and I know you're always like learning, you're getting different certifications. Uh, what kind of stuff have you gotten recently? Like, why do you think it's important? So, um, this year alone, I got a, as you know, I was making my own studio. So time was very hard to manage when it comes to my studies. But this year I got pre and post needle certified. So that's pretty much training when you're in the beginning stages of pregnancy, um, depending on the, the trimesters and after birth. And training can, you're pregnant and you have, you know how much easier it is to give childbirth when you've been working out mm -hmm. properly, how much benefits it has for the child that's about to be born. It's night and day difference. And another one is called FRC, functional range conditioning. Pretty much it's strengthening your joints and this is really gonna help out when you get older and improving your range of motion. So a lot of times people, when they bring their arm out straight and they bring it up to over their head, they can't really get high, especially males. And the goal of this cert is to increase that range of motion and make it bulletproof. Mm. So these are some of them. I hope to have uh, in the future more because I can't go back to school because I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. But certifications are my education. Yeah. And learning never stops. So talk about like the business aspect of it. Like, so you know, I see you're like super busy on, on Instagram, and you're you have a lot of clients. But how's the, how do you handle the business part of it? Because you still have to get clients and market. And do you like that part of, of what you're doing? Um, or do you have help? So me personally, I have help when through friends. Your as a trainer, your biggest uh, like way of getting business is referrals. Yeah. Right. And I take pride in everybody that I train. Because everybody that I train moves properly. They all kind of have the same movement, which is great movement, strong, confident. It's weird. It's beautiful when you see it from afar, right? So the hardest part is when a client leaves and now you have a gap to fill. Mm. And it's also harder when initially you started off wanting to really train one type of demographic and you realize that they didn't really want to be helped. So now you're just back to your old grind. And business is a little tough because I have a lot of clients in the city, but then I have my own studio in Queens. Yeah, where is it in Queens? Astoria. Okay. So I'm going back and forth. So a lot of my clients that are trained in the city, you know, they're big, big shots, right? So they all work at 5 a.m. And then most of my regular clients come out throughout the day into my Astoria location. Mm. So it's kind of hard traveling back and forth. And being 25 and having your own gym, that's tough too. Wow. Like having your own studio, like business wise, it's very scary. Wow. But I have belief in myself and what I do, and I know it'll work out. Do you have employees? Nah, just a one man team. Okay. And I have a, a friend that I call like a manager. Okay. That kind of runs everything from like my paperwork to the legal stuff. Yeah. But. At 25, that's insane. Yeah, I got big dreams. Yeah. I got big dreams, young. and wow. I've got a calling. So. I don't know what I was doing at 25. <laughs> Definitely not starting my own business. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, and starting a business and stuff. And I'm, I love this platform too because I've been meeting so many entrepreneurs, uh, and I love that. And I keep saying it like I'd love to see more Bengalis starting their own businesses. It's interesting. I've talked about it in a couple of these episodes. Is that you know our parents came here and a lot of them you know did menial jobs, blue collar jobs, and pushed us through to more stable career options, so like doctors or uh, even accounting, things like that, were jobs. They pushed us, pushed us to get jobs that's more stable. Um, 
but now we're like maybe like a generation in like I'd love to see more people starting their own companies like and we, we kind of looked or starting their own businesses like because we, because we kind of look down on like people these uh, some of our, of our uncles and parents that like started grocery stores and things like that but they're like ridiculously successful these guys yeah. look at Manan look at like Patel Brothers for the Indians or like uh, you know all these you know chains and companies that we know Alauddin like they're ridiculously successful and we're, like we sleep on them and mm-hmm. you know we're like you know working for big companies and things like that but That's these guys funny. are amazing one thing I realize is um, my mom tells me all the time, like, oh, look at this person. He's making this amount of dollars and he doesn't have any risks over his head and he can take a vacation and get paid. But I tell her at the end of the day, it's like, yo, I'll work 100 hours a week and I still won't be as tired as that man. Because at the end of the day, I'm chasing my dreams. I'm fulfilling my passion. It's a lot different. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no, when you're, when you're doing what you love, it feels different. There's not as much stress. Yeah. When you work for somebody else, it feels terrible. I ran a gym, LA Fitness. I hated my day. I used to work there and I used to hate being there. Wow. I used to work for somebody that didn't like my ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now that I have my own business, my business is my ideas. Yeah. So that's something that I really try to install in them because the, the benefits will show when I'm older and I don't feel like I'm old because I'm doing what I love. Mm. And everybody's just like, I'm waiting for retirement. That's not my goal. Yeah, well, yeah, I know I absolutely agree. Yeah, we all need to uh, pay a little bit more uh, attention to our health. Yeah, I'm glad. You know, everything you're talking about is really, really important. So how do people find out about you? Tell us your Instagram, um, if you have a webpage, or where your gym is, and how do people get in touch with you? So my Instagram is Navi Fitness. Okay, um, N-A-V-I-D Fitness. F-I-T-N-E-S-S. Okay. Um, most of the time, if you need to get a hold of me, just reach out to me over there. And if you want to come by to like see the gym. So my studio is for more one-to-one training. It's okay. not a full-fledged gym. The goal is to open one in the future. If God wills it, right? But right now it's just a one-to-one studio where I take, you know, my hourly sessions and just try to really maximize that, per- like my time and attention on that one individual throughout the day, like session after session after session, right? And most people just randomly they'll fill out a consultation form that you can find on my Instagram and then we set up a time and if they're in the city I go to them in the city if they because most of my clients in the city have apartments in the gym kind of like you yeah and um, if they're in Queens they can come over to my studio which is one of the most amazing feeling when you're working out in a studio it's just you in there an instructor yeah you know what I mean I'm gonna come by soon oh yeah you should Um, for me I had the studio for about four or five no six plus months but the thing is that I never worked out there because it's like when you have a home you don't want to move into a home that's not finished yeah but my clients luckily were very open to training even though it wasn't complete yeah so the other day like last month I finished it which was great and I haven't been able to work out because of my car accident but what I did was I did some physical therapy in there and I was like wow it was amazing working out in your own space because you have first of all you have music that you can play your own music yeah. I let my clients play their own music um, and the best thing is you have all the right equipments that you really need yeah you know what I mean so yeah it's a lot of investment too I'm sure you spend a lot of money investing absolutely in but just the money yeah it does stress you out but once you pay it off it's like yeah. damn I got a okay. studio what are you listening to when you're working out oh weird music it depends on what I feel come on I gotta know uh, I listen to everybody what I realized about the time is everybody has their own taste in music yeah. I listen to 
sad music. Like I listen to depressing Drake. <laughs> yeah, like that's the type wow, of music I work Wow, you're in your feelings. Yeah. You're in your feelings when you work out. Yeah, I guess wow. so. I love but, that. <laughs> listen, but, I you see my my playlist. I got I have like the most diverse playlist you'll ever like. I got '90s hip hop. I got '90s Hindi music. Uh huh. I got like you know new hip hop. I got some like weird like. YouTuber music, like I got, I have my my playlist is really diverse. Whatever gets you into like, the zone. but mostly really old though, because I am old. Like I don't even know who's hot right now. I don't and know any of the new guys. As I said, whatever gets you into your zone, right? I tell my clients all the time, don't be ashamed of what you play. Yeah. Whatever gets you excited, whatever gets you moving. Yeah. Go for it. One of my clients plays the most craziest, um, like EMD. What do you call it? EMD. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like dance music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like crazy for me to hear, yeah. but it gets him in the zone. Yeah. And one time I played my music, he's like, Navid, you play. He was like freaking out. He's like, all right, I got to take over. I got to take over. I can't get into this stuff. Yeah. So at the end of the day, anything that pushes you past that 100% yeah. level in terms of performance, go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And podcasts like this one. No, uh, podcasts. I probably listen to more podcasts than, than music, to be honest with you. I love podcasts. Podcasts are my main thing when I'm traveling. Yeah. Every time I'm traveling to like the city in the morning, like around 5 a.m., I'm always listening to famous like fitness guys like BJ Gador, um, Oh. Brent Cardone, I listen to okay. like ebooks. These guys are great. And Aboni? Huh? And now Bengali's in New York? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> what? I just found out about you guys today. I'm in shock. <laughs> yeah. So, so Joe Rogan's really good. I mean, I yeah. know he has like uh, various, he has uh, diverse guests also, but sometimes he'll have like a fitness expert and he's really good. Joe Rogan, I love him. Yeah. Like I listen man. to his, every um, fitness segment he has, I listen to. Yeah. So, and that's one thing he's done a lot on, and I, I wanted to talk about this intermittent fasting. I want to talk about that a little bit. It's like the craze now, and Muslims, we've been doing it for hundreds of thousands yeah. of years during Ramadan, but now they're trying to Begins culturally appropriate, yeah. culturally appropriate, uh, uh, you know, what we've been doing, a religious appropriate, whichever it is. What do you, th what is, what is the craze right now with intermittent fasting, and do you think it's actually effective? I don't know where this craze came from, because it's, it's been around for a while. I guess everybody is kind of just... The thing is that some people just go big or go home, right? So some people can't really think about eating good. I mean, eating clean and properly throughout the day. So they'll take a more extreme approach and just not eat at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and the way you, you can strategize intermittent fasting so you can have hours out when you're sleeping. Um, so I don't know what caused this whole trend of everybody doing it and all these like crazy numbers that are coming about yeah. like these two-day fast it's ridiculous i'm personally a big fan of the 16-8 we do the 16-8 yeah um i think that's the best one honestly to go okay. about it's easier you just pick, skip breakfast yeah pretty much that's yeah. all it is um, so yes yeah, which is really interesting because for a long time growing up breakfast, breakfast is the, the most important, important day, day. you gotta yeah. have your wheaties have you had your wheaties and now it's like the exact opposite so yes. i find it fascinating times have changed it just shows you that like a lot of these things we hear even when it comes to health and you think it's factual it's really just from the companies Think trying to sell stuff. Yeah. Milk. Everybody was like, drink your milk. It'll have you strong bones. Oh, wait. Milk, milk's not good for you? No. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I was listening to this guy. It's like, milk, in reality, is made for other cows. Why are what? we drinking... Wait, so vitamin D? Where do we get vitamin D from? You get it from other sources. But in reality, milk, it's, it's not good for your digestive system. Right? It'll slow you down. In the long run, milk is actually going pretty bad for you. That's why I don't know where all this craze about almond milk, all these different types of milks are coming out because they're more beneficial for you than just cow milk. What the hell? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know that. I this. didn't know that. 
Wow. wow my, yeah. wife, my wife loves like almond milk and everything other than regular milk, and I love regular milk. So I love regular like, milk too, but I was talking to, like, I wasn't, but I heard of this farmer, and he was talking about like just the idea of milk. Think about it. We, when we're young, we drink milk from our mothers, right? A cow drinks milk from his mothers. Us humans, why are we drinking a cow's milk that was meant for its babies? You know what I mean? It's. Wow, wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't know there was like adverse health effects from milk. That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, dairy is, uh, there's a lot going on with the dairy so industry. You, you don't drink milk at all? I drink milk. A little bit. A, a little bit. Um, as I said, I'm not the, I know a lot, yeah. but do I practice it? Unfortunately, yeah. some things I don't. Like I like having milk and cereal yeah. here and there. Yeah. Um, but if I was to make something like to drink dairy, like a lot of people have like morning shakes, I would not have milk. That's I'd fascinating. Have, uh, soy milk or something totally different, but not dairy milk. It will slow you down. Oh wow! Yeah, that's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, so many things that you you know you think one way, and then all of a sudden they come up with a study, and it's like the exact opposite of what you uh, you've known. There's a lot of things like um, studies will always clash. So now everybody's talking about how meat is bad for you, yeah. right? And everybody's now if you have if you eat meat, you'll have cancer. Anti meat vegan is life, yeah, it's right? Huge. Yeah. But then you'll have guys like Joe Rogan who'll do a podcast on eating meat for like ten days straight or something like a yeah. carnivore. But he like diet. makes his he like hunts his own meat. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, even though he's hunting his own meat, the studies will still carry those. It doesn't matter where the food's coming yeah. from; they'll still try to bring that in. Yeah. Um, Joe Rogan will talk. He'll be on a carnivore diet, and the be- the benefits are better. Yeah, I've, so I've, I've, studies I've seen that. will always They'll clash. clash. There'll never be a simple it's answer. It's really interesting. Realistically, yeah, it's like coffee, right? And uh, I just heard myself say coffee like a New Yorker coffee. So <laughs> we had some Canadians here last weekend, and they were making fun of how I said coffee. So I guess I do say coffee like a New Yorker. But anyway, coffee, like I love coffee, and then I hear a study about. You know, coffee being bad, and then there's another one saying, "Oh, you have to have coffee every day. It's really good for you." Yeah, so I'm telling you, you'll never. There'll always be um, heads butting each other. I guess it's everything in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. Like again, five That's cups of coffee. Is. Five cups of coffee probably isn't great for you, but one or two is okay. Yeah, uh, meat every single day for six months probably isn't good for you, but having meat once in a while is okay. One thing about meat is interesting. I feel like the Bangladesh diet actually does it right. Tell me what you think about this. You know, we have meat, but we have path, and then with it, a little piece of meat. So Great. really, the meat is the is a side. Whereas here, <laughs> no, because in Bangladesh it's like you have a lot of bhat yeah, and a little yeah. bit, but here, rice is a side. Yeah. You have like a bunch of things of you have like drumsticks or like uh, or a steak or something like that, and then the rice is a side. So I think actually we Bangladesh do it well, where you have like a good moderation of meat, but you have your carbs and stuff. What do you think about that? Because I think we actually do that right. I actually don't think we do because think about this: we have so much carbohydrates in that, right? Okay. You wonder but why. But the amount of sorry, the amount of meat, the amount of meat, yeah, that, yeah, of course. And then there's also like certain studies that show like how much of what you're supposed to have relating to your hand size. So like your thumb should be the amount of fat you have, your what? palm should be the amount of carbohydrates or something you have. Something should be the amount for your meats. Yeah, like there. This is a real study. That's really interesting. Yeah, like, I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, wow. search it up. There's different um, ways of how you could portion out your food. But okay. too much of something will cause something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Too much of meat will cause this side effect. Too yeah, much yeah. of rice will cause this side effect. So you're right. Bangladesh, in terms of moderating their meat, that is a good... Part of it is because they can't afford it. Big time. Uh, and, you know, and, 
and uh, and here it's just like all steroid fill, filled uh, process. Process to me. I went to Dallas BBQs is my guilty pleasure. Dallas BBQs, the fried chicken, the fried chicken and their steak, sticky wings, yeah, like, and their, oh. the sticky wings. Forget about I, it. That's my guilty. <laughs> and then, but bro, bro, the size of their wings is the size of my you head. They're, real? they're like massive. I wish. I wish it's I ridiculous. Have one of my friends that I went. I'm literally telling them like, yo, I'm eating a steroid this is huge. chicken it's right huge. now. It's, it's huge. Unrealistic. It's not real. And they literally, the size of a wing in Bangladesh is literally like one-fifth the size. Yeah. I'll tell you a um, funny story. One of my clients I used to train, she lived in, uh, I think it was Russia, right? And she says that when she lives in New York, she's a straight vegetarian. But when she goes back to Russia, she'll eat meat. It's better, yeah. She's so against the meat here. It's crazy. But if I tell you how she looks, my God. She really? fights age amazingly. That's really interesting. And that's one of her secrets. That's really interesting. Wow. I feel like we could talk uh, forever about this, but I know uh, you have to go. But uh, So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, again, tell people how they can find you. Instagram, uh, Navid Fitness. Yeah, Instagram, Navid Fitness. Um, I'm always on Instagram. You could message me over there. Uh, set up a consultation even though you're not interested in training come by and learn about yourself so I could educate you I like considering myself an educator first before anything and whatever I teach you you could take it as a like a step forward knowing more about yourself and then tailor your training to it yeah I really so, appreciate you coming on absolutely um, thank you for having me it was an honor absolutely and uh, earlier you said I was in good shape and for people that know me I didn't pay him to say that I promise. Uh, uh, talk to everybody uh, next week. Bye. Take care, guys. Bangladesh, I say, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live from the slang.